Happy Easter, Waterstone. We are so glad that we can be worshiping with you today. Uh, we know it's a little different than how we typically gather to celebrate the resurrection, uh, but even though we are separated and apart uh, in this time of social distancing, we are so glad that you are here with us today to worship Jesus and to celebrate the resurrection. Uh, we have a great service plan for you. We're really excited about the morning. If you are a visitor with us, um, we would love to connect with you. We're so glad that you're here uh, and have been able to find us online Line, but we would love to connect with you. So we have two options, two ways that you can do that. The first is you can text new WCC to the number on the screen below. And the second is after each service today, we're going to have a live Zoom session where you can talk to Larry, our lead pastor, and a few other people from our, our staff. Um, and we would love to get to know you, learn a little bit about you, hear your story, and see how Waterstone could maybe come alongside you in this time. Also, uh, we know we have a lot of kids and families worshiping with us today, and we are excited for that. Uh, kids, we actually have a fun activity for you to do during the service today. So if you go to, again, to the link um, on our website that's listed here on the screen, uh, we have an activity for you to do a treasure hunt. As you watch the service, you can look for different things that are going on in the service uh, and submit your scores at the end of service and get entered into a drawing uh, that you can maybe win some prizes. So we're really excited about that. And then finally, if you're at home worshiping with your family or, or maybe you're on your own, we would love to see you. So you can take a picture and tag Waterstone in the picture and also use the hashtag Easter at Waterstone. We would love to see you worshiping and how your family is celebrating Easter this year. As we enter into a time of worship and exalting the risen King, we would love for you, wherever you're at at home, uh, to enter into a time of responsive reading, of prayer uh, to Jesus for what he has done on the cross and in the resurrection. And so as the words appear on the screen, we would encourage you to respond uh, in the places that, that call us to read together. The world is full of turmoil and unrest, and together we say, he is risen. The future is hidden and remains uncertain. He is risen. Our hearts are full of fear and trouble. He is risen. But take heart, he has overcome the world. He is risen. The light shines in the darkness, but the darkness has not overcome it. He is risen. Where, O oh death, is your victory? Where, O oh death, is your sting? He is risen. He is risen. And together we say, He is risen indeed. Here we are. Easter, year of our Lord, 2020. Now, Easter's always had troubles of its own. For instance, there's calendar confusion. When is Easter 2021 going to be? Well, let me, let me help you. It's going to be the first Sunday after the first full moon after the vernal equinox on March 21st, which means in 2021, it can be anywhere from March 22nd to April 25th. Not helpful. Easter also suffers, though, I think, from tradition confusion. I mean, really, what do Easter bunnies and egg hunts have to do with Jesus? And, and the name Easter itself is really named after a pagan goddess uh, at a uh, uh, spring festival in ancient Europe. But most of all, I think Easter suffers from Christmas envy. I mean, let's face it, sweet little baby Jesus is money in the bank. 
compared to a 33-year-old homeless man beaten to a pulp and bleeding from a cross. Yeah, Easter's always had its troubles, but this year, here we are, Easter 2020, in the middle of a pandemic. The world is groaning, and we're groaning in the world. I mean, streets and airports are quiet. Stores and businesses are closed. Churches are empty, as empty as the tomb on Easter morning. Uh, medical professionals, grocery professionals, essential workers are working massive hours and risking their health. Doctors around the world are having to make terrible decisions about who gets medical treatment and who does not. In New York City, They've run out of cemetery space and morgues to bury their dead. And the number of dead around the world globally now, over 100,000. Here at Waterstone alone, we have four families in deep grief over loss of loved ones, and they're not able to have a funeral for consolation and community. Here we are in a world God made good. We broke and is full of trouble. And I think today, the way to get to a happy Easter is to see the sad Jesus. Now, we go to a story where in John chapter 11, Jesus is going to uh, enter a funeral home, and he's going to have conversations with two mourners, two of his good friends, and then, and there's no way to put this delicately, He's going to have a conversation with a dead man. So John 11, Martha and Mary are Jesus' close friends. Their brother is very sick, so they know Jesus as a miracle-working healer. They dial 911 Jesus, and the text says clearly that Jesus loves Martha and Mary, and he loves Lazarus. But when he gets the news that Lazarus is deeply ill, he stays where he is for two days. Now, we know in other places of the gospel that Jesus healed often, and he healed strangers, and he healed from places far away when he wasn't physically present. But for whatever reasons, well, I don't understand. I don't understand why Jesus stays for two days. And I'm not sure I like the reason that he gives. He says that all of this will happen for the glory of God and that God's Son will be glorified through this. Now, the idea of being glorified is this idea of showing the weight of Jesus, his beauty and his power. But it's uncomfortable to think about this, that even our life and our death are part of a larger picture where God gets to choose the importance of our life and our, our death and, and the role in his story. Uh, that means that there's going to be some dark days even for people whom Jesus loves. There's going to be days when Jesus doesn't come when we need him to come. There's going to be some days when he does not appear on demand. And I think being a Christian that sometimes knowing that God is all-powerful and all-knowing brings even more tears to the loss that we experience in life. Jesus finally arrives four days later. Lazarus has been in the tomb. And the first conversation he has is with who we think is the oldest sister, Martha. And she breaks all protocol, leaves the house, goes and finds Jesus as he enters on to the scene and asks him this question, uh, makes this statement, Jesus, if you had been here, my brother would not have died. It's a statement full of faith and blame. It's a statement that says, you are able, Jesus, 
But where were you? And my guess is that at some point in all of our lives, we've asked that question. Jesus' answer. Here's Jesus' answer. When he heard this, Jesus said, This sickness will not end in death. No, it is for God's glory so that God's Son may be glorified through it. And then here's Jesus' answer a little later in the text. Jesus said to her, your brother will rise again. Martha answered, I know he will rise again in the resurrection at the last day. Jesus said to her, I am the resurrection and the life. He who believes in me will live even though he dies. And whoever lives and believes in me will never die. Do you believe this? Now, at first pass, it seems that Jesus is just giving what we might call obligatory comfort. He's saying to to Martha, look, uh, every faithful Jew knows that there's life after death, that God lives outside of time, and people who know him will live beyond time with him. So you will see your brother again. But as is always the case with Jesus, he takes it to a deeper level. He says, Martha, it's not just that you're going to see Lazarus again, it's that you need to know right now, I am the resurrection and the life. In other words, Jesus changes the terms of engagement. He says, look, what you really need is not to have your brother come back. You don't need your brother. You need me. Why? Because I'm the resurrection and the life now. I can raise you out of your spiritual deadness. I can give you a mind alive to meaning and mission. I can give you a heart open to the presence of God, open to, to hearing God's word and letting it be like a letter written to you, uh, a heart that's open to loving others and serving others, being more and more like Jesus, and a, and a soul that's full of joy and obeying the king. I can give you new life now. Alive to God, eternal life now. That's what we need. That's what we need now. In the middle of a pandemic, we need a heart and a mind and a soul alive to God. We need to hear God's promises. And you know, God's promises are not really about the American economy. God's promises are not even really about whether you and I will survive this pandemic physically. God's promises are about what he's doing for the glory of his son around the world to show the weight of his beauty and his power. He gives promises like, I will build my church and the gates of hell will not prevail against it. You know, I don't know what Christianity is going to look like in a few months. I don't know what Waterstone's going to look like on the other side of this pandemic. But one thing I know is that a virus will not overcome the church. And we will worship together again. Hope is stronger than fear. And Jesus says to Martha, you need life and resurrection now. And I can give you that eternal life now. But he also says, you also need resurrection and life then. When? When you die. Written in the blood of God's own son, he makes a promise that anyone who lives and believes in Jesus, even though they die, they will live and have a new body outfitted for heaven and eternity to live with God. I don't know if any of you saw this viral video uh, from one of the great preachers in Dallas named Tony Evans. Several weeks ago, his wife Lois died of cancer at the age of 70. And there was a part of the funeral service, you can Google this and find it online, Lois Evans, 
one of her sons got up and gave a part of a eulogy that was massively good. He, he rather volubly shares that before his mom died, he was wrestling with God about she's too young to die and her ministry's having so much influence. God, it seems to me that she would have more glory if you would just heal that cancer and raise her off that bed. And he wrestled with God, but then finally God answered Jonathan Evans by saying this, look, you don't know the victory that your mom has in Jesus. You don't know that every prayer you've prayed and everyone's prayed has one of two answers, and I choose. But here are the answers. These are the answers to every prayer. Either she lives or she lives. Either she's healed or she's healed. Either she's taken care of or she's taken care of. Either she's with family or she's with family. Jesus gets the victory. Hope is stronger than fear. And you know, it's that hope of life after death by resurrection, the, the power of Jesus Christ, that boundaries everything. It means that nothing that happens in this life is the last word. I've been so amazed at how our children in this pandemic at Waterstone have been preaching the gospel through Facebook and to their neighbors. And I read a story a couple weeks ago about one of our, our children. They were having a, a hard day. I mean, uh, this was the Kaiser family, Brian and Shauna Kaiser and their four children. And the, the uh, older girls were just struggling because they can't see their friends. They miss school. And most of all, the oldest one, Carly, she had a birthday and they had to postpone her birthday party. And it was a rough, hard day. And our hearts go out to all the children who are supposed to be having birthdays and our seniors and our college seniors. And it's just hard. So Shauna, being the good mom she is, she says to the children, well, I know this is hard, but who can think of one good thing to say to encourage your brother and your sisters? Who has one positive thing to share? And Kennedy Kaiser, all of five years old, after a pause, she says, well, Jesus still died for our sins. And then she said, and he still loves us. Hope is stronger than fear. And that word comes to us through Jesus' powerful words. But there's a second conversation that Jesus has with Sister Mary. And this conversation has no words. I mean, it's, it's the same. Mary runs out. Jesus is coming on to the scene. And Mary says the same thing that Martha said. Jesus, if you had been here, my brother would not have died. But Jesus doesn't say anything to Mary. He finds out where the body is and starts toward the house and, and where Lazarus' tomb is. And the text says that when he arrives, he looks around at the crowd and sees everyone. And then it says two words, but the most profound verse in the Bible, Jesus wept. And that word wept is not the word wail, like many of the wailers, I'm sure who were there, were wailing for Lazarus. Jesus is not wailing for Lazarus. He knows what's going to happen to Lazarus. Jesus is weeping with all the people who are feeling the utter devastation of this loss. Jesus is connecting with that crowd and with every person on the worst day of their life. And he's giving a frame through which to look at every hard thing, every hard question in our life. Jesus 
wept. Does, does God care about the coronavirus and all the damage it's causing around the world? Jesus wept. Does God love us even though it seems like he'll never show up? Jesus wept. And it's not only a connection with his tears. Do you know that the text immediately after this story, what happens is word of this miracle gets out and it makes it all the way down to Jerusalem and it's there that the highest religious officials of Jesus' day in the Jewish religion, they say, this is enough. Enough is enough. He's got to be put down. And at that moment, they decide that they are going to kill Jesus. And it's almost as if this raising of Lazarus marks the end for Jesus. It's almost as if Jesus exchanges his life for Lazarus's life. And that's what we also see in this story. It's not only that Jesus wept with, the worst, with us on the worst day of our lives, but he also lays down his life. He lives the life we should have lived, died the death we should have died so that he can give us his mercy, the mercy of forgiveness. And every moment of our lives, and especially on the hard days like we're in, Jesus, every moment is trying to break into our reality and say, I am with you, I weep with you, and I give you my mercy. I've laid down my life for you. Every moment. I, I heard a story a couple weeks ago from Jacob Massey. Jacob and Mel and their sweet son Luke uh, are part of our congregation. Jacob's mom lives down in a small town in Louisiana. And she was in, at Walmart feeling the weight of the world as we've all felt the weight of the world. She said she was in the toothpaste aisle when over the loudspeaker comes a voice. Attention Walmart employees. If you missed our morning prayers, we're going to pray it again now. And Mom Massey said, the whole store stopped and went quiet. And then the voice continues. In the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit, let us pray. And you at home there, Waterstone, would you pray? Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be your name. Your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread and forgive us our sins as we forgive those who sin against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For yours is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever. And then Mom Massey says, and I got one of those pictures in my mind, Jacob. I could see it all. I could see God working in this crisis. I could see him giving us another chance to turn to him. I could see his faithfulness. You know me, Jacob. I almost fell down crying right there. And the first thing I thought is I need to tell Jacob about this. Hope is stronger than fear. Jesus says, I am the resurrection and the life. Oh, I almost forgot. There's one more conversation. Jesus talks to a dead man, and the dead man listens. 
Now, Lazarus comes back out of the grave. It's actually kind of a pale anticipation. I'm not so sure Lazarus was pleased about being brought back in the same old body. You see, this is just a pointer. Points to Jesus' own resurrection, which you heard about earlier from the rooftop of Waterstone. Because this is the message we need to proclaim to our community and our world. That Jesus is the resurrection and the life because he himself died went into the grave, and walked out. Anyone who walks out of their own grave is who he says he is and can do what he says he can do. And that's what we need today. That's who we count on to get us out of our grave. Who are you counting on to get you out of our grave? Now, I'm gonna finish with a story here, and this story is for kids, especially on your treasure. And I'm wondering, kids, are you in there? Are you still watching this story? This story's for you. I once heard a black preacher in in downtown Chicago preach on these words, I am the resurrection and the life. He said that a few nights before he'd been watching the Discovery Channel. And on the Discovery Channel, they were doing a special on possums. Ask your parents if they've ever seen a possum. They're ugly. They're uniquely lazy, but they are one of the smartest animals in the animal kingdom. Do you know why? Because a possum never has to build its own den. It has such good instincts of tracking that it can track animals that go into dens. And it's smart enough to figure out if there's tracks going in, but no tracks coming out, then whatever built that den is still in that den. But if there's tracks going in and tracks coming out, that den is empty. Now, when it comes to someone who can get me and get you out of our graves, we need someone who knows that there's tracks going in and tracks coming out. And that's what makes Jesus so different and so unique unique. He's different than any other religious leader. I mean, when it comes to being my savior, it can't be Confucius. Do you know why? Because there's tracks going in, but there's no tracks coming out. He's still in the tomb. When it comes to Buddha, I mean, there's tracks going in and tracks coming out. When it comes to Muhammad, tracks going in, no tracks coming out. But when it comes to Jesus Christ, tracks going in, and tracks coming out. Tracks going in, he died. Tracks coming out, he lives. Tracks going in, he's the suffering one. Tracks coming out, he's the sovereign one. Tracks going in, he was pierced. Tracks coming in, he is praised. Tracks going in, he received death. Tracks coming out, he rebuked death. Tracks going in, uh, misery. Tracks coming out, majesty. Tracks going in, thorns. Tracks coming out, throne, tracks going in, grief, tracks coming out, glory, tracks going in, cross, tracks coming out, crown, tracks going in, lion of the tribe of Judah with the courage to lay down his life, tracks coming out, the lamb of God who takes away the sin of the world. Year of our Lord, Easter 2020, Jesus says, I am the resurrection and the life. Do you believe this? What I'd like to do now is pray a prayer. And it's just a simple prayer to invite Jesus into our life. In fact, it's ABC. It's to admit that we need Jesus, that we need his help, to for, to for, that he can forgive our sins and give us, too, a promise to raise us from the dead when, when our body dies. It's, it's admitting we need him. And then it's believe. Believe that he 
lived the life we should have lived and died the death we should have died. And he gives that to us so that we can be forgiven and have eternal life. And then it's commit that Jesus, because of how massive he is, how beautiful, how powerful, he needs to be the center of our reality. So whether you've never done this before, uh, I just hope that you'll be inclined right now, the Holy Spirit of God present in our homes and through these screens, that you pray this prayer with me. Let's pray. Lord Jesus Christ, we do need you. We can't save ourselves. We cannot ever do enough to get the fitness that we need to live face to face with you in your holiness and in your beauty and purity. We need Jesus. We need what he did on the cross. We need the power that he shares with us that we can, at the end, be risen from the dead and be his friend. So Jesus, we admit we need you. We believe, we believe that you came to this earth in our place for our sins and you give us that righteousness so that we can be declared righteous. You give us that forgiveness that takes away all our sins. We believe, Jesus, you are the son of God who became human to be the sacrifice we need. And then, Lord, we commit. We commit our lives to you you need to be the center of our world, the center of our reality. And we proclaim to you, Jesus, that we will live our lives for you. We will orbit around you as the center. Lord, we just pray that today this message would reach every heart and that you would, Lord, share your grace around Waterstone and around our community and around this world today. Amen. We wanna... Take just a moment and pray uh, on this Easter Sunday for people around the world. We want to tell you, too, that if you haven't yet visited our COVID-19 care page on our website, if we can help you in any way, if we can pray for you, if we can help you with your finances, if we can get you food, whatever it is you need, we have a care page on there on our website. Go on there and let us know, and we will be in contact with you. Let us know how we can be helping you in these hard weeks. Would you join me in prayer? And uh, at the end, we will do our Easter shouts. But uh, as we pray this prayer, I'm just going to pray for a bunch of people. And uh, if you are one of those people, or maybe one of these is really close to your heart, just there at home, just shout it out, even as I say it, for God to help. This is called a praise song for a pandemic, and it's written by Christine Walters. Praise be the nurses and doctors, every medical staff bent over flesh to offer care, for lives saved and lives lost, for showing up either way. Praise for the farmers tilling soil, planting seeds so food can grow, an act of hope if ever there was one. Praise be the janitors and garbage collectors, the grocery store clerks and the truck drivers barreling through long, quiet nights. Give thanks for bus drivers, delivery persons, postal workers, and all those keeping an eye on water, gas, and electricity. Blessings on our leaders making hard choices for the common good, offering words of assurance. Celebrate the scientists working a way to understand the thing that plagues us, to find an antidote all the medicine makers. Praise be the journalists to keep us informed. Praise be the teachers finding new ways to educate children from afar. And blessings on parents holding it all together. 
Blessed are the elderly and those with weakened immune systems, all those who worry for their health. Praise for those who stay at home uh, to protect them. Help the domestic violence victims who are on lockdown with their abusers, the homeless and the refugees. Praise for the poets and the artists, the singers and the storytellers, all those who nourish with words and sound and colors. Blessed are the ministers and therapists of every kind bringing words of comfort. Blessed are the ones whose jobs are lost, whose savings are dwindled, who feel the fear of unknown gnawing. Blessed are those in grief, especially those who mourn alone. Blessed are those who have passed into the great night. Praise for police and firefighters, paramedics, and all who work to keep us safe. Praise for all the workers and caregivers of every kind. Blessed is the water that flows over our hands and the soap that helps keep them clean each time a baptism. Praise every moment of stillness and silence so new voices can be heard. Praise the chance at slowness. Praise be the birds who in spring continue to sing, the sky awake each day. Praise for the primrose poking yellow petals from dark earth. Blessed is the air clearing overhead so that one day we can breathe deeply again. And when this has passed, may we say that love spread more quickly than any virus ever could. And may we say this was not just an ending, but a place to begin. And we say, Christ is risen. He is risen indeed. Christ is risen. He is risen indeed. One more time. Christ is risen. He is risen indeed. Thank you for joining us on this Easter Sunday. Uh, we hope that this service was a blessing and an encouragement to you in this difficult time. Uh, a couple quick things before we let you go. Uh, the first is that if, uh, if anything that happened today stirred something inside of you, you'd like to learn more about who Jesus is and what he might have for your life, we are starting an alpha course in two weeks to discuss just that. We would love for you to join us and you can find out more information about that course online at the alpha link uh, on our website. So we would love for you to check that out. Um, also, don't forget, if you are a visitor or new to Waterstone, we would love for you to fill out an info card. Just so you know, every info card we receive, we are going to donate $10 uh, to Open Door Ministries to help the most vulnerable in our community uh, during this time. And beyond that, we'd love for you to uh, jump onto the Zoom call right after uh, this service ends. And then finally, uh, we are in the middle of, of remaining on mission for God and for His kingdom, even though things are a little different. Uh, and we would love for you to support us by giving uh, online as well. And you can do that at the link at the bottom of the screen. All right, as we wrap up, I just want to say this one last prayer uh, over you, um, this Easter prayer benediction of what Christ has done uh, for us through the resurrection. On the third day, the friends of Christ coming at daybreak to the place found the grave empty and the stone rolled away. In varying ways, they realized the new wonder. The world had died in the night. What they were looking at was the first day of new creation with a new heaven and a new earth. And in the semblance of a gardener, God walked again in the garden, not in the cool of the evening, but in the dawn. Happy Easter and thanks for coming. <laughs>